0: This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys.
1: Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai.
0: Only on Dubai I
2: 103.8. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai I 103.8. Helen Farmer with you. Your chance to hear from the experts, the insiders and in the industry. Get some great recipe ideas. And of course, share your questions as well as we talk
1: all things food. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai.
0: Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are talking food today. Farmer's
2: Kitchen brought to you by Spinney's is live on the road. And we were, Chef Domenico from Alici was going to be joining us this afternoon. Bad news for us, he's not available great news for him It's because he's having a baby so congratulations to chef Dominico and we're delighted to be joined by the sous chef chef andrea um, from alici the beautiful restaurant which what does alici mean chef andrea when uh what's the translation
3: Alici means the small anchovies that we got in italy and uh, it's a very typical fish especially from the south of uh, of italy
2: thank you so much for being with us today i'm really thank excited you. to learn how to make this risotto. i've got a confession for you though I've never eaten artichoke
3: before. Oh, okay. So it's going to be the right uh, time. To I cook. hope so.
2: <laughs> I hope it's going to be the right environment and it's going to be prepared beautifully. You are going to be our expert of the day and guiding some competition winners who are going to be cooking live with us. And the ingredients look absolutely gorgeous. We're going to be talking about those soon. But I'd love to get to know you first, if you don't mind. Um, where are you from? Where were you born?
3: Um, okay. First of all, my name is Andrea Brunetti. I'm from Veroli, which is a place uh, close to Rome. Uh, just one hour away from Rome, um, I raised up in the city and I started to work actually on my young age, which was 13 years old.
2: You started working when you were 13? Yeah, in a yeah. kitchen?
3: Um, yeah, in the kitchen. Mm. While I was studying, actually, I decided to work in the weekend to get some confidence, you know, and yeah, to see what was behind a restaurant and all the imb- environment mm. of the place. Um, and who, yeah. w- who
2: was cooking when you were growing up? Who was putting f- 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 the family dinners together?
3: Yeah, I think I mm, got inspired my, by my parents and my grand- grandparents um, because they are um, very good lovers of food and uh, genuine things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I got inspired by them and then I discovered in a, in, after a few years that I wanted to be chef in life. So I make it happen. <laughs> uh, I got the chance to, to be in a very different kitchens from five-star luxury hotel to Michelin star restaurant and not only, and getting to know, of course, uh, different chefs from a different nationality and uh, with an important uh, background. So, you, you've yeah. worked
2: all over from Edinburgh. You worked with Jamie Oliver in uh, in Cornwall. Tell us about that opportunity. How did that come up?
3: Uh, actually, while I was in the school, um, we had one uh, training about. Uh, I mean, one uh, yeah um, training sessions about uh, rice and extra virgin olive oil. Um, so I got the awards of uh, sommelier of from uh, extra virgin olive oil and rice. Um, knowing all the knowledge, uh, all the process, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, after the training, actually, we had um, uh, the competition, which was a national competition, very important, uh, within all the guys who have done and attended the training.
2: Mm-hmm. How and many?
3: We, we were like 400. What? Yeah. Did you win? <laughs> You're
2: blushing. Actually, yeah, yes. so actually, for, for
3: yes, two times, it was uh, like two selections. So the first was within the region guys. Uh, we were like uh, hundreds. Uh, after the, f- the first step, uh, we were all the guys uh, who had done the trainings in a different school because in the time I was in the school. And only the first two who got the win the competition, they were allowed to go for uh, Jimmy Oliver's uh, restaurant in Cornwall, exactly in UK.
2: And it wasn't just going for a meal, you were there for quite a while. Uh, what were you learning and how long were you there for?
3: Uh, the beginning, it's supposed be, I supposed to stay there for just two weeks because it was the awards from the competition, but then, I don't know, maybe they've noticed that I was good and they offered me to stay the whole summer. So I really had a different summer in that time.
2: <laughs> You've had some incredible mentors, I mean, working alongside Jamie Oliver and his team, but there's one particular mentor that you have really connected with during your career. Can you tell us about Fabio? Uh,
3: yes, I've been saying thanks to Fabio because he's my he used to be and still is my mentor. Uh, since I left the, the school, I've been working with him for about four years in a different environment from the TV shows, from the different restaurant and in Scotland as well. Uh, I
2: find find that mentor relationship really fascinating actually, because it does happen quite a lot. There tends to be this dynamic between a young chef and someone more experienced like Fabio Campoli. It's kind of incredible to think of this protégé coming up and still you having that relationship no matter where you are in the world. Does it kind of blow your mind? I mean, you're only 26. You're a sous chef, incredible achievement at that age that one day you'll be someone's mentor. What kind of boss do you think you'll be?
3: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm on the right way to be, uh, no matter what. But uh, if you really like what you want to to have, I mean, I think it's the right way to... Uh, I
2: should, uh, I, the life of... The, I mean, we we're going to be meeting some some student chefs this afternoon and finding out one who's changed careers from accountancy to, to learn about food, and, wow. and Rohit, who has uh, changed his degree to come, to come here to ICCA. The life of a chef, there's no getting away from it. It is a hard one. You know, the hours are bruising. Uh, when everyone else is on holiday or having a weekend, you're the ones who are feeding us. You know, and you are on at Christmas and birthdays and missing holidays and those late, late nights. What keeps you going?
3: Uh, actually, I will uh, tell you the small story about it because when I was a kid and my parents, they used to tell me like, you know, Andrea, when one day you're going to grow and you're going to have a family or something, you're going to might be affected from this because, of course, it's not a regular job that you work from the famous nine to five in the office and then you have the rest of the day for yourself. Um, but I believe that every job, any job, has uh, difficulties and um, good things about it. Um, but as long as you're happy on what you do and what did you get and all, after all the uh, sacrifice I think is the most important thing but yeah I'm still missing my <laughs> uh, friends party or something but anyway yeah, I'm gonna get it after work or uh, anyway it's, you it's will find a way anyway
2: it's worth it it's passion you know I think <laughs> There's very few people who are lucky enough to find their passion in life, especially you at age 13, and then to work your way up through the ranks. And it is ranks in a kitchen. It's like an army, you know, in so many ways. Uh, It is.
1: (laughs) It is.
0: And I think that's incredible. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys.
1: Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai.
0: Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are talking food right here at his
2: Farmer's Kitchen, brought to you by Spinney's. And as you might be able to hear, we are not in the studio. There's going to be going to be here some sizzling and chopping and some cooking very, very soon. We are joined today. Chef Andrea he is from Alici he's going to be helping us make helping us make he's going to be teaching us I'm doing nothing this afternoon apart from hopefully a bit of tasting a delicious risotto using grana padano and roasted artichoke and so many of you getting in touch saying what you would spend 500 dirhams on in Spinneys, and that's exactly what we've got up for grabs if you fancy winning that voucher just let us know what would be in your basket or your trolley. Chef, what would if I was going to give you five hundred dirhams to spend in Spinneys today? Uh, right, you can't win, by the way, because you're a friend of the show. But <laughs> let's pretend. What would you spend it on? Um,
3: since they've got a very uh, different kind of foods, and they really care about uh, the quality. By the way, um, honestly, it's difficult to choose which kind of ingredients. But uh, definitely, going back through my remember when I was in Scotland. Definitely I will buy a very Angus Aberdeen steak or something because they do have, I just figured out a few days ago. So definitely I would love to choose one of these cuts with organic vegetables.
2: So, chef would do the best steak dinner using the Aberdeen Angus and some organic veggies. Um, Susan saying fruit and veggies as well. Um, oh, I love this. No name on this one saying I'd buy canned beans and coconut water and drive around, pay it forward to the workers. Carrot cake, beef jerky, and cheese. Um, so, there's absolutely no right or wrong answer on here. You could be silly. You can be serious. It could be. It could be the boring essentials, or it could be. 500 dirhams worth of cherries. That's probably, that's my answer today. Just let me know on 4001. Speaking of food, lots of people saying cheese would be on their shopping list. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to be working with today. Chef, can you tell us the name of this dish and uh, and what is in it? You've got a beautiful tray of ingredients in front of you.
3: Uh, so, first of all, we are going to make a granapadano risotto uh, cooked with the own uh, um, broth uh, made by the skin of the Grana Padano. Um, the fried artichoke on the top
0: i love
2: the fact that we're going to be using the skin when we think about no waste because that tends to be something that people just chop away and, and discard so we've got white onion red onion carrot um, we've got a lemon um, we've got celery as well and of course the famous risotto rice now you mentioned earlier you won a competition yeah. um, based on your rice cooking and you've been asked in the past if you could be any ingredient, what would it be? And your answer was rice, which I love. <laughs> what is it about this ingredient that you uh, feel is, uh, is such an essential?
3: Definitely a rice. How would it be a rice? <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, the rice uh, as itself is a very simple ingredient and humble, but could be a very important ingredient uh, based on what you really want to achieve, you know? Mm-hmm. So you can use for a simple soup, um, a simple... Uh, Dish with rice, which is very common, especially here for the Asians. Uh, But you can make an amazing risotto, and you can get inspired by the ingredients. For example, from my hometown, and just with a few combination of very simple ingredients, I think you can make a very nice and tasty dish.
2: I love the fact that every cuisine, every nationality, even has their own take on rice. There is, you know, as you say, with a couple of simple ingredients. There's a distinctive signature dish, a flavour that that um, we can taste on our holidays or we can create at home. What is the rice we're going to be using today?
3: Um, so for risotto, there are few kind of um, uh, rices, uh, but mostly we are using a carnaroli rice, which is the um, I'm not saying the best, but it's the very common for risotto, which has a very um, um, high level of starch Mm -hmm. that is going to help us during the emulsification of the rice in the end actually and yeah
2: i think risotto is something that a lot of people myself included get a little bit scared of doing because everyone goes well the secret to risotto is basically standing up and stirring for half an hour and your hand's going to fall off
3: i will say something else actually to make a perfect risotto you might need five important rules so you can start with, for example, the first is actually the to choose the right ingredients, and choose the right ing- ingredients uh, as is the first of the rules. It's important because uh, you have to choose the rice, the right rice, and the right broth where you're gonna cook it. Mm-hmm. So after that, you have the right tools, uh, because of course you have a very important rice, a very important broth, but the tools they're gonna play a very big game, no. Um, and then it's going to be uh, based on the, the knowledge of, of the rice itself, uh, including the toasting, the cooking, and the mozzification in the end, which in Italian we say mantecatura.
2: Mante- I say that again.
3: Mantecatura.
2: Mantecatura. Chef yeah. Andrea joining us from Alici this afternoon.
1: This is Farmer's Kitchen with spinnies. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai.
0: Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Fantastic to have you with us. As
2: you can hear, we are not in the studio. We are here at the International Centre for Culinary Arts in Dubai, Knowledge Village. Our neighbours, in fact, and its farmer's kitchen brought to you by Spinneys for a live cookery class. We're going to be learning about some of the ingredients very, very soon. Chef Andrea with us today as we talk about some of the ingredients we are cooking with. So just remind us, what, what dish are we creating today, Chef?
3: Um, so we are making a risotto cooked with uh, Grana Padano stock and fried artichoke on the top.
2: As I confessed earlier, I've never actually eaten artichoke before, so this is going to be a <laughs> first. Um, I have, however, eaten an awful lot of cheese. Um, tell us a little bit about Padano. How do you use it in Alici? How is it used in some of your dishes?
3: Uh, first of all, Padano is one of the oldest ingredients that we have actually in a nation in Italy. Uh, I believe that uh, the first time that they they tried to make uh, a padano was one un, uh, one thousand year ago. What? So a we're talking about yeah, uh, yeah. It's one of the oldest ingredients that uh, it got uh, a, a different names uh, during the time. Of course, uh, if we imagine one thousand year yeah, ago, language so very different. Latin was existing that time, and so yeah. Um, you can use actually Padano in a very different way from. Uh, Uh, fondue as a cream um, to garnish the plate uh, and as for example we are using today uh, so we don't waste anything from the from the cheese we're using the skin uh, to get infused with the broth. So Uh, we've we've got
2: a a pot of it in front of us and as you say you've already cut um, I would say a rind you say rind of cheese is that right uh, yeah skin (laughs) yeah so this is going to be used in our broth from the witch and then this looks absolutely delicious. I'm going to have a little nibble, but um, can you tell us some of the characteristics of the cheese? What what is the texture like and, and the the flavour of Gran Uh
3: Well, of course, as a uh, aged cheese, uh, has a very varieties of different flavours, mm. um, and of course you you've got you can have a different uh, ages of cheese, starting from the nine months to the eighteen months, uh, and then you have uh, twenty plus.
2: Wow! Yeah. and does the texture change then as it ages? The,
3: Texture, of course, change because uh, more here, more, more time the cheese has and more dry it's going to be. Uh, and if it's going to be more dry, of course, it's more rich in flavor. Mm-hmm. But uh, it depends which kind of recipe and for which kind of dish you're going to use. You can choose the right age uh, of uh, Grana Padano. It's very nice, actually.
2: I've, I've even heard it could be used in something sweet. Could you use it even like... In a Uh, cheesecake for that umami? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. You can make a cheesecake or uh, I've done as well uh, a lot of uh, ice cream gelato with the grana padano, yes.
2: Cheese ice cream. I mean, yeah, let's put those hands together. Two things that I really like. Uh, Why not? in
3: gelato you're using uh, milk, Mm -hmm. so you can infuse in the milk the grana padano and maybe with a bit of uh, something sour which can be the balsamic or Mm -hmm. something else you can give the kick and yeah it's going to be nice. (laughs)
2: Now for anyone who's not familiar with that PDO um, kind of mark of recognition, what does that mean to us as consumers when we see it on the shelves of Spinneys and what does it mean to you as a chef and an Italian of course?
3: Uh, PDO of course is a recognition which uh, in Italian we are using as a DOC which is the denomination of uh, region protected. Uh, of course, as a, let's say, a spec mm-hmm. of the ingredients, we are sure that they are following each and every uh, steps to make it, uh, to make the uh, Grana Padana on the way how it was from the beginning and it is even till now.
2: So that consistency? So
3: the consistency, the sustainability, like it's, uh, it's very important for us mm. as we are uh, the, the person had to transform, let's say, well, the ingredients that's from exactly scratch it. to exactly it. You want to have confidence when you serve
2: a dish that it's going yeah. to be as you imagined it, as you yeah, created imagination, it. Imagination,
3: creation, so it's actually very important, and for the company as itself, it's actually important to have the. I think, I think it's yeah. time to
2: get cooking, Chef. Yeah, have got start. We've got six people with us today to make this risotto. It's not a competition, people. There is not a <laughs> golden artichoke <laughs> as the trophy today. Um, but I'm really excited to see what you're going to be doing. You've all got a celery stalk. Chef, I'm going to take your microphone from you so you can get going. So in terms of the ingredients, just to recap, we've got that beautiful artichoke. We've got a grande padano. We've got two types of onions. And... Um, Celery is in front. So in terms of knife skills, there are zero expectations, people. Just I don't want any bloodshed during my show, if you don't mind. Um, Let's get cooking. So, chef, what's the first thing they're going to be doing? Uh,
3: We're going to make the broth. So we're going to cut the vegetable into regular cubes. And while the vegetable is going to be on the cooker, we're going to take care about our famous artichoke and then the grana padano.
2: Right, guys, you guys get cooking. I'm going to come back and check in on you. There's going to be some broth making, some rice toasting, some cheese melting. It's all happening here at ICCA. It's Farmer's Kitchen brought to you by Spinneys. We are on the road.
1: This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai.
0: Only on Dubai Eye 103.8.
2: Helen Farmer with you and I hope you've had your lunch because expect your tummy to be rumbling over the course of the next few hours. We've got a live cookery session going on right here, right now, making a risotto. I, I, I have got to be honest, this is going to be my lunch. So these participants better be good. It's ICCA here and we're joined now by student Rohit, born and raised here in the UAE. You headed off to Canada and then you came back. What happened?
4: Um, I just, uh, over when COVID hit, I, you know, YouTube was one of the main things that I did, so all I saw was just cooking, and it kind of ignited a passion in me, I guess, a fire, and I just loved it. I mean, I loved it from a young age, Mm because I was a pretty fat kid. So, um, yeah, seeing my parents cook and seeing how good cooking is, just to a creative person, I loved it, yeah.
2: So, originally you were looking at doing environmental sciences at university? Yeah, yeah. And and now Uh, it's a life of food.
4: It was, um, it was a, It's a pretty drastic change. It's a pretty, it pretty drastic shift. What uh, was the parents' reaction? Uh, they actually loved it. They, they, they wanted me to do it because they both are somewhat chefs themselves. They both have been in the industry for quite a bit. And they would have loved to see what I'm, what I'm doing for myself and how I'm going.
2: So tell us a little bit about what happens behind the scenes at ICCA. How, what kind of course have you signed up to do and with a goal of what in the end?
4: So I'm actually in the uh, professional diploma, cookery, uh, course here at ICCA. Uh, and what we normally do is uh, we have some wonderful chefs here who teach us, guide us along the way, show us some tips, some tricks, and how to really make the dishes that we make. And some of it's really delicious. So it it just helps with how, how well it goes. And, um, yeah, they're always a helping hand.
2: Do you feel um, like it's giving you an idea of what it would be like to work in the industry?
4: Yeah, yeah, it does. Because it, it, most people, they think that they n- there's always an, uh, an aura of the kitchen being, you know scary kind of <laughs> tense at times mm-hmm. it is i'm not gonna lie it, it is <laughs> there's fire there's yeah, knives there is, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's wonderful it's it's a, it's a good feeling to be in a kitchen and to cook for people
2: and, and that's what i was gonna say what do you get from that obviously there's a creative side but when it comes to feeding people that must be a huge part too yeah
4: there's there's a lot of satisfactions you get from seeing your food like what you put on a plate going out to someone, them smiling, them loving it, taking pictures and talking about it after that as well. It's mm-hmm. it's a great feeling.
2: And in terms of cuisines, is there anything that you're um, kind of gravitating towards or anything you're particularly passionate about?
4: So I really love Asian cuisines. Um, I love anything from Japan, Korean food, Chinese food. It's, it's phenomenal. The techniques, the history about it. It's great. So I, I'd like to do something related to Japanese cuisine just because of how technical it is and Mm. how tasty you can be when you do it right
2: so precise every single chef i speak to and i say what what's your favorite city in the world for food tokyo every single time okay so allow your imagination to go wild when the world is a more normal place and you can hop on a plane to anywhere you go where's the first place you're going to go and eat well i mean japan (laughs) he's off to tokyo thank you so so much delighted to be joined now by Patrice, who has changed careers from accountant a chef. You're a student here yes. at ICCA. Tell us about that. About that pivot. What happened?
5: Uh, so I've been accounting for seven, nine years now, and at the end. Ha- having a baby and okay I, I want to pursue my what, what I want to do the rest of my life so my husband said okay you go on it go ahead you know and he support me yeah so you're from Indonesia you're yeah, here, I'm from you're Indonesia here yeah. in Dubai and
2: yeah. at ICCA you're you trying all sorts of different cuisines or can you choose how does it work
5: uh, no so they, they give us from all the world like France uh, ASEAN and uh, many, many. We we don't choose. They give us when we just follow. And yeah. what is the plan? Is it a case of being an
2: amazing home cook? Do you want to work in a kitchen? What's the dream? Yeah, I got I got the job from Bulgari. You got the job? Uh, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Thank you. Oh, As a, a commis chef, yeah. At Bulgari. Yeah. It's a Bulgari in Dubai.
2: Bulgari. <laughs> oh my goodness! You're yeah, going to the top. They,
5: they do the Expo 2020. Are oh, we going to go for it? So, You've already yeah. got a
2: job. There we go. <laughs> Fa- huge congratulations. It's thank wonderful you very much. to hear thank you. that thank you. you can completely change your yeah. life, change your career yeah. and, uh, yeah.
0: and follow that passion. So thank yeah. you thank so, you so much. much. Thank you. You're listening to Farmer's
1: Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. I think
2: there's going to be lots of rumbling tummies across Dubai as we tell you about the risotto we're making today with grana padano and a beautiful artichoke that I can see our cookery students attacking, getting it in their bowls. Now, I can smell some incredible smiles coming from our kitchen and I can't stay away for much longer. We're tackling the artichoke today. Chef Andre with us from Alici. Um, he has got an artichoke in one hand and a microphone in the <laughs> other. Um, now, you've been chopping onions. I have to ask you... Any tips? You're wearing a face shield, which I think probably stops the tears, apart from resorting to PPE. Are there any tips and tricks to stop you having a little cry in the kitchen?
3: Uh, Well, it's all about, uh, I don't know, the experience that you you get while you're working. Of course, as soon as you work with different chefs, you get to know different uh, tricks and uh, secrets from each and every one. Go on. And sometimes <laughs> it's not just the chef giving you the, the tips, but even the, the, the dishwasher or anyone works in the kitchen. And I would say everyone who has the experience in the kitchen, but in life in general.
2: So, does anything work? I've heard like wearing goggles or putting a matchstick between your teeth or just stop being such a wimp. That's the best ways of not yeah, crying. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> no one's crying. Crying? No now we're crying. all doing well. Okay, so tell the Chef, what have you done to that artichoke? It looks completely different, about a third of the size it was a few seconds ago. Yeah,
3: so first of all, we remove the external side of the pedals of the artichoke, which, for as I said, for some people actually is the hardest part because you don't know actually when the artichoke is, can be ready mm-hmm. to cut it and clean. So as soon as you get uh, the yellowish color from the bottom of the pedals, I believe that is ready and you can notice also because the pedals they are softer than uh, the the outside one so now we're going to cut the, the the top of the artishock we're going to remove the internal side which is the hairy side of the artishock mm-hmm. And we're going to clean the, um, uh, the 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 bottom side as well.
2: So the petals that you've taken off that's in the in yeah. the bowl here are they to be discarded what happens to those? Uh
3: some people they're using for the stock as well uh but they are very have a very strong taste. Mm-hmm. So it might depends on what you're going to do after. Uh you might use for something or you might not use for something. One for the
2: compost bowl. But anyway
3: you can use for some uh, many dishes. Okay, I'm going to take your mic please so you can
2: uh, you can get cooking um the ingredients as we've said this afternoon some beautiful granipadano cheese um which has been aged it can be found at Spinneys, of course and you mentioned earlier some of the dishes you can you you know it could be shaved as like a garnish on a salad you've used it in gelato and cheesecake and when it comes to nutritional value uh, listen i could sing the praise of cheese all afternoon what do we know about when it comes to the goodness in this cheese
3: uh, first of all, the cheese has a lot of uh, good proteins, uh, which actually from the category of the cheese is one of the highest uh, cheese who contains the highest level of protein, natural protein, I would say, around, I believe, 33 grams of uh, 100 grams of, uh, of cheese, which is a very good quantity. Uh, mineral salt uh, all the good fat also mm-hmm.
2: uh, oh, I'm like keep talking I'm eating cheese keep going yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I feel jealous <laughs> and you're uh, using the skin
2: in the broth and are we yeah. going to be using any on the other part of it, we're we going to well? Yeah, shaving of course, we're gonna
3: well? we're gonna grate the cheese. Uh, we're gonna use in the end of the emulsification for the risotto mm-hmm. to give the final taste and, of course, to increase the taste of the Grana Padano in our risotto, not only the the skin.
2: You mentioned earlier your five rules of risotto. Yeah, one was about. Quality of the ingredients, so having the right things in the kitchen in the first place, yeah. and also then having the right tools, because you can have the best ingredients in the world, but if you know you haven't got the right kit, what are the rules of risotto? Do we need to know, Chef Andrea? Uh,
3: definitely the other three. So, which is the toasting process, because uh, during the toasting you give the uh, identity of the rice. Okay. The identity so, of the rice. Yeah, that's actually the first and the most important, I believe, uh, steps on the from the from the five rules. Then we have the cooking time. Uh, as an ingredient, um, usually, I mean, in the, from from the bottom of the ingredients, uh, it doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't come out to get stress and by cooking process or to eat it raw or something. So anyway, whenever you cook something, you are stressing the product or the ingredient. So while you are cooking, uh, you have to be very careful to touch the rice in a way that you don't gonna affect uh, the external side of the grain. Otherwise, all the starch will go out and, of course, you will make a risotto, but uh, not the, the perfect one. So, so We want to make a respectful, <laughs> yeah.
2: consensual risotto. And <laughs> then, in the
3: end, there is the la mantecatura in Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, is no actually a perfect and translated name to say it in English, but I will say emulsification. Mm-hmm where you're going to uh, mix and emulsify all the fat, uh, the protein, and the additional butter or any fat that you're going to put on the rice with the starch to make a very nice cream and uh, tasty risotto.
2: I'm happy to see a lot of butter on this desk today because we know butter is better, and that seems to be every chef's secret, just baste it in butter, just add a bit more butter. So we will get a beautiful creamy risotto. One thing that has always put me off risottos is that stirring of just standing there for 20 minutes, you know, getting a dead arm. There's some pretty amazing bits of kit in this kitchen. There is Vitamixes. Everyone I know who's got a Thermomix seems to be part of a very kind of secret society who does not stop talking about it. Are there any gadgets that you'd recommend when it comes to not even cutting corners, but really doing something efficiently?
3: Uh, you mean uh, for the risotto recipe yeah. or uh, for something? For else?
2: risotto, and then I'm going to s- Well, test for risotto,
3: you. you you don't need actually very uh, particular uh, tools. Uh, part of the good pot and. Uh, Utensils as a spoon or a ladle, or uh, yeah, a spatula to mixing the, the and risotto some rice. The mussels. Uh, I would say passion more. Oh,
2: okay. Well, we we're in luck this About afternoon. 20
3: minutes before to get ready. So.
2: Well, I'm going to leave you with your team and your artichokes. We're going to be catching up with this cook-along very, very soon. Don't forget. Um, lots of fantastic recipes over on the Dubai Eye website for previous episodes of Farmer's Kitchen. Some great videos as well. So if you are a passionate cook or you just want to try something for the very first time, making restaurant-quality style food at home, then head over to Dubaii1038.com. Some fantastic ideas to get
1: you going. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai.
0: Only on Dubaii103.8.
2: Helen Farmer with you. Fantastic to be spending Thursday afternoon in your company. I have to say, it smells pretty darn delicious here at ICCA. We are uh, making this beautiful broth for our risotto. Chef Andrea there, uh, teaching everyone how to make it and we have stolen away. Uh, We've got Chef Sergio Freitas with us. He is here as the cook, chef instructor. Um, Quite an interesting job, it has to be said sir. Can you tell us a little bit about your love of food? Where
6: did that come from? Sure, thanks for having me firstly Pleasure. Um, Yeah, my love of food pretty much came from a young age. Um, being half Spanish, half Portuguese. Some of the best food in the world. So, yeah, from a young age, you know, having aunties, moms, everyone always coming over for, you know, Sunday dinner, Easter, Christmas, all of those special events. It was just lovely. It was always food, food, food. And also my dad had a franchise. So it's just obviously in the blood. Mm-hmm. What, and
2: what, when you think about the food that made your childhood,
6: like the real nostalgic oh. dishes, is there one that stands out? Yes, definitely. So there's a salted dish. Um, cod dish called Bakilau If you've ever been to Portugal, and that's with you know um, potatoes and eggs and onions and olive oil and parsley and oh. just these natural, beautiful ingredients. Real ingredients. Real ingredients. You know nothing special, but everything put together just rocks my world. And then, when did you decide that apart from loving food, you wanted it to make you know to be your
2: career, to be your life?
6: Wow. To be honest, I actually wanted to be a pastry chef at first, so from a young age of 10, 11, I was actually baking with mom and sister, you know, making chocolate cake and all of that. And yeah, just from the beginning, really, I always just loved food. It was food, food, food. So when I decided, you know, what do I want to do with my life? I just thought, wow, you know, everyone needs to eat. So, you know, I'm always going to have a job. So, <laughs> you know.
2: I think with food, though, it's not just about that need to eat, is it? It's about communication and sharing. and and, a, a, and
6: also being quite a demonstrative way of communicating with people and showing love. Definitely. So that was even it's having my family come around. I just found what brings friends, family together all the time. Mm. It's food. You know, you get together and there's food always around the table. And it's something that I admired. And I was like, I want to always feed people. I want to be, you know, always around food. It was food, food, food. I didn't want to do anything else except food.
2: And then now more than that, apart from being a great chef in your own right, you're teaching other people how to realize their own dreams when it comes to working with food. Exactly.
6: So um, I've got 16 years experience. Um, I've owned my own catering company back in South Africa for six years. Um, I just had so many great chefs in my career and they mentored me and mm-hmm. they just taught me so much and they never ever held back on actually passing the knowledge forward. So, you know, when I got the opportunity to come to ICCA and I saw the beautiful facility we have here. It's stunning. State of the art, it truly is. Um, it
2: is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful space. You've got gadgets galore. I've, I can see with literally a glance around me, I can see a smoker. I can see a pizza oven Vitamixes,
6: all of the gear. It's, really it's state-of-the-art. Really, really impressive. Really world-class state-of-the-art facility. I have to admit, even when the first time I was here and I saw it, I was blown away and I was like, wow. Get me okay, in this kitchen. Get me in this kitchen, <laughs> I want to work here, you know. And that was it. I just actually want to pass my knowledge forward to the future generations coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely when some students graduate and after a year or two they actually come back and they start sending me messages and they're like, wow, chef, thank you so much for all the knowledge and you, know, and you actually see where they've actually gone in their career and we, it's lovely. We heard from Pritchie earlier who was an accountant and is now Correct.
2: Um, working, learning here and has a job lined up. You must have seen some pretty interesting career transformations. People oh, wow. changing, you know, through halfway through their life. Definitely. Like so what?
6: We've had lawyers come through. We've had surgeons come through. Accountants, mostly. <laughs> um, Any accountants uh, listening? You so many different people from so many different parts of life and different age groups mm-hmm. as well. You'd be surprised. People who are already, you know, 40 years, 45 years old, 50 years old coming through. And they're just like, we love cooking and we actually want to know more about it That's and important. change their whole career.
2: Um, I wanted to ask when you have an intake of students. Sure. And I know you guys here obviously teach the, you know the knife skills, you know, tasting, flavors, different cuisines, the the nuts and bolts of cooking and plus obviously sharing your passion. But can you spot in a student if they've got a spark, if they've got something
6: special? Most definitely, straight from day 1 just from how they hold their knife, just their love for products and the love for cooking. And you can just spot it you can be like hey you special you know and even some of the ones that might maybe are very young 17 18 years old that come through um you can see they have a love for food but that's the reason why they're here mm-hmm. is to actually get the fundamentals and get a good foundation to actually learn about it and then jump into the industry and when it comes to, to moving on past graduation, what are some of the jobs that would be available to someone
2: who's graduated from ICCA? So
6: from ICCA, we actually have a program called IWP, which is our work placement program. And we actually will find you placements in Dubai and overseas, in Australia, to Canada, even into the States. So we actually find you a job at the end. So that is amazing, really, to actually get... Um, a five-star hotel and great establishments that we have here in the UAE. Mm-hmm. You know, your first job in having such a solid foundation. In it's, one of the it's, hospitality
2: it's, capitals of the world. world.
6: Exactly. It's fantastic. I wish I had that opportunity 16 years ago. <laughs> <You> <laughs> well, know? thank
2: you for sharing your experiences there and obviously sharing your knowledge Most with the students here at ICCA.
1: This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai.
0: Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Eight. Helen Farmer with you. We are at the ICCA,
2: the International Centre for Culinary Art, and not in the studio. And I tell you what, this smells an awful lot nicer than our studio. In front of us, we have got butter, onions, beautiful uh, rice. I've even got a cheese board coming my way after four o'clock. Couldn't be happier. Chef Andrea with us this afternoon from Alici, who is teaching the troops how to make an artichoke and grana padana risotto. Chef, it looks like, well, it smells incredible, the broth with that grande padano, skin is cooking away, you've chopped up the artichoke, what is next on the
3: to-do list? So um, as the five uh, rules that we've got, we start with the toasting the rice. So for toasting the rice, we need a fat, which can be extra virgin olive oil or can be any, any other fat, including the butter or others. For this recipe, we are going to use the butter and the shallot. Which was not the onion, but the shallot.
2: Oh, sorry, chef. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: So what we can do, we can start to uh, toast the rice. We're gonna melt first of all the butter. Okay, and with some uh, shallot. we just need a small quantity. It's gonna be for one portion. Okay. Till get sute. Till get okay. sute, which is like. Um, <laughs> Is the, is, is the way how we say it when we start like a cooking process. Okay, I've never okay. heard that before. Yeah.
2: It, it, to me, there's nothing better. Well, first of all, than anyone cooking for me. But if I come home, my husband has already put extra virgin olive oil and some onion and garlic. There's something about that smell. It just smells like home and possibility. Yeah, and definitely. So many, so many different cuisines use that as a basis for whatever they're going to making, whether that is Indian cooking, Italian, French. So today we've got this beautiful butter, some very, very, very finely chopped shallot and we're going to be toasting the rice for our risotto so that's melting down beautifully don't forget there are lots of recipes from farmer's kitchen brought to you by spinneys over on the Dubai Eye website and of course in spinney's latest, mag- spinney's latest magazine as well um, so if you do want some ideas some inspiration we're going to be coming back and toasting that rice cooking that risotto um, and up next we are speaking to a nutritionist all about what we should and could be feeding our kids
0: you're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys,
1: only on Dubai Eye one hundred three point eight.
2: Talking nutrition this afternoon, food and more, um, and delighted to be joined now by Marina Vagrik. She's the founder and CEO of Pro Youth Nutrition. Um, they're launching soon in the UAE, born out of the fact that her and her daughter are dairy intolerant. Um, so, basically, keep keep your eyes on the shelves as uh, as they launch here, and and really. Um, a rich source of information, which is why Marina, we've got you on today to find out a bit, a bit about childhood nutrition. I know it's a big concern for an awful lot of parents. Um, can you tell us a little bit around the rates of childhood obesity, especially here in the UAE? What do we know?
7: Hi, Helen. Lovely to be on. You had my mouth watering with that delicious recipe, but I'll pass <laughs> on to your nutrition. So, actually, it's a huge concern for UAE. It's one of the top three and the highest, um, top three highest in the world. And additionally, UA is facing the youth bulge as well. So it is a huge concern, and specifically in the adolescent ages, um, okay. between 13 to 19. It's much, much higher, almost 50%. So something that we really need to be thinking about.
2: Marina, what do we know about kind of contributing factors when it comes to the UA in particular why are our kids really you know getting into that unhealthy bracket what do we know
7: I think it is to do a lot with uh, one is circumstances or so lifestyle how active you are or how non-active you are and mm-hmm. I think on the use of gadgets and watching TV also a lot to do with fast food trends as well it's quite easy it's convenient uh, you get used to that and from a childhood there's so many varieties of colorful lots and lots of temptations around when it comes to sweets and things that does trigger so body is a wonderful and a very scientific thing that takes all of these things that we put into the body and send those temptation triggers that gets you wanting to eat more and more and more of that. And when this starts at a young age, it begins to build up. So unfortunately, you start piling on that weight.
2: And unfortunately for parents, you know, it, it feels like an insurmountable battle. You know, you you have people's, you know, kids being seduced by whether it's toys or advertisements or simply the food itself being addictive. And, you know, I think what a lot of parents struggle with is trying to get those healthy and eating habits and education in an early age. Any tips for anyone who's really struggling right now? Kids, and mine mine are like this, they love a bit of beige. Um, When can you start kind of hopefully putting some changes in place and, and getting some goodness into their diet? I think it's never too
7: early, to be honest. For me, that is one of the reasons, what, one of the things that we are absolutely trying to educate is empowering those good food choices from the younger stage. It could even be from a baby age because it's food habits and choices. That it's a lifestyle. It's not a fashion. It's not a fad. It's not an afterthought to health issues or weight problems, but it's good positive relationship. And for me, it's very much to do with making Food, colourful, clean, variety, but most importantly, enjoyable. Yes, kids. <laughs> That's
0: so
2: true. <laughs> because I think a lot, a lot of people grow up with that sense that healthy food is a punishment. You know, you you're not having your dessert until you finished your you finished your broccoli. Um, and unfortunately, that those kind of associations, that relationship with food, can can last a lifetime.
7: Indeed, so I'll tell you something that's really fun and we as a family absolutely love on a Saturday is our Pancake Day. So my husband's the pancake expert. And we make Green Hulk Pancake. And what does that include? It's got bananas, oats... Um dairy free milk and uh, sometimes you know of course we do put our pro youth bars in it as well but what makes a greenhouse a secret recipe is spinach and they absolutely love eating it. And that's the secret. It's about those little fun ways. And even if it, it's strawberries, it could be little dippy man or banana man dipped in little melted chocolate um fruit so you have a lot of goodness with a little bit of those treats which is absolutely fine but it's about making healthy food fun and exciting and enjoyable that kids can do it with you
2: I wanted to ask you about some um, food trends, in Marina, we're going to keep you with us, because we know internationally, you know, vegan, plant-based, um, even, you know, keto and paleo is exploding internationally, but what does this mean for our kids? Marina joining us from pro-youth.
1: This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai.
0: Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Helen
2: Farmer with you. Coming back to ICCA here, we are talking food. And in conversation now with Marina, she is from Pro Youth. They're launching some uh, nutritious bars, um, dairy-free, based on the fact that both her and her daughter are dairy intolerant. And Marina, I wanted to ask you about some of the food trends. And I think an awful lot of people are perhaps more tuned into what they're putting into their body. And I, d- I have no doubt that COVID is a, is a big factor. You're passionate about gut health. And what can you tell us how that kind of plays in when it comes to our immunity?
7: The gut is very, very interesting. It is the engine motor room of your body. The gut contains more than 70% of your immune cells. And hence, I think one of the new diet trends is also linked to that, which is called a microbiome reset, because it comes down to, if you look after your gut, the rest of the body is in sync and it functions better because it's the gut which communicates with your brain, the body and the rest of it. So it, it is very, very interesting and if you're, because you could put in as much good food as possible but if it's not absorbed properly in the gut, then that doesn't actually function or perform. The gut is the most important thing and where more than 70% of our immune cells live there. Um, so it it is pretty vital and interestingly sort of you know that is another trend that is kicking off currently. And I think that's that's probably one of the
2: more positive science-based trends you know as we said we've seen an awful lot and, and companies trading off certain trends and making a lot of money off them so it does absolutely pay to do your research and speak to a doctor um, when it comes to to your health and your child's because we've seen children be sluggish at school not sleeping properly because of what they're eating or indeed not eating um, marina thank you so much for joining us you are the founder and ceo of pro youth nutrition um, those snacks will be available in the uae launching very very soon um, we are here at icca and it smells incredible um, simply because we've got an incredible chef and an awful lot of butter and cheese. <laughs> we are making that artichoke risotto. Um, some people cooking along with us today, which is wonderful to have some f- some faces out and about. And uh, Chef Andrea from Alici is the man of the hour. Chef, you've got, well you tell me, you've got three pans in front of you. What's going on?
3: Uh, yeah, we've got three pans In one actually there is a risotto cooking. Um, we might have maybe 10 minutes more before mm-hmm. we get ready and the other one there is a stock with uh, our skin from granopadanoshis and uh, meanwhile because you know in the kitchen the time is the is the basic <laughs> so we have one corn oil uh, where we are going to fry the artichoke that we cut julienne before
2: ooh now as i said i've never had artichoke before yeah um So basically you're frying it so i already like it so yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) everything fried is good uh, from the beginning what kind of texture
2: are we going to be getting from that julienne artichoke what Uh, what
3: are we looking it's going to be soft inside but crispy outside and that's actually what i liked from the recipe because uh we have the creamy rice and the crispy artichoke on the top it's a real nice
2: mix of textures
3: definitely
2: i'm getting hungry tummies rumbling across dubai Uh, i'm really excited to have you with us
0: you're listening to Farmer's
1: Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8.
2: Speaking now to Tom Harvey, he's the general manager of commercial at Spinneys. Right, Tom, 500 germs to spend in Spinneys, what would you do?
8: Oh, if only I was actually allowed to get that voucher. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're definitely you, you not. Know, you know me, I was... Uh, Started as a meat buyer, so I'd be straight into some of the wagyu of nice fat strip loin on the barbecue. Oh
2: well, funny enough, Chef Andrea from Alici said earlier that he taken back to his time in Scotland and he'd buy some lovely um, Aberdeen Angus. Mm-mm-mm. Lots of people mentioning cheese, understandably. Um, great to have you with us. Thank you for coming to ACCA and you've come—you haven't come empty-handed. We're going to have a bit of a tasting soon, which I'm very excited about. I'm currently having a zero percent Gordon's with uh, what cordial have you put in that?
8: It's a—it's a tonic. So it's a rhubarb and ginger tonic from a new brand, 12 Below. Absolutely beautiful.
2: The weekend is getting started, yeah, it is. kind of. <laughs> Tom, I wanted to catch up with you on the incubator programme because on Farmer's Kitchen's gone by, we've been lucky enough to speak to some really incredible people who have completely changed their lives, who have had a business idea and decided that they needed to reach out to the experts or they've had an existing business and, and need some advice really on scaling it up and ultimately seeing it on the shelves of Spinneys. and exciting news the second incubator program is now live what's the response been like
8: Rest- response has been absolutely fantastic so uh, yeah we 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 launched again in the middle of may um the period for entries, we're uh, we're still accepting entries up until the end of June um, so it really is for anybody who's got a, a, a fantastic idea it doesn't need to be a finished product at this stage, if you've just got an idea for a, a product that you think could work really well for the customers of the UAE, for the customers of Spinney's, um, then we'd love to hear from you, um, you just go to the website and register um, give us your give us your first pitch then we'll go through and review all of those and the best products we think have uh, got the most, most fit for us Um, we'll then invite those people in to do a presentation to the panel it's like a dragon's den or the shark tank and then um, then from that we select the, uh, the, the the lucky few who hopefully we end up on the shelves of spinnies not too long afterwards
2: and i have to say it is it's actually really wonderful to see some of these companies and how well customers are responding to them some are food based you know we've had Kimry dates some might be toiletries based the botanist doing really well when it comes to cleaning as well what are some of the parameters when it comes to industries and types of products that you'd be open to speaking to
8: so anything you expect to find on the shelves of spin is we're we're up for um, so it doesn't have to be a food product as you said the botanist uh started as household cleaning products really beautiful um plant-based completely natural uh, plant-based um cleaning products um and they've now actually expanded into the most amazing Amazing hand soap that's and gorgeous. sanitizer. I mean, the smell is, is, is just phenomenal. But yeah, you know, we, we we focus on food. We 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 are a we are known for, for fresh. So we're, we're hoping to see lots of food. It's really about making sure we've got some really interesting, innovative products. That, uh, that's that's what we want from the incubator. We want people giving us these amazing ideas, like the cookie dough that I know <gasps> you are a massive fan of.
2: I am a massive fan of it. it- <sighs> It's so wrong, it's right. It's raw cookie dough that is edible and I eat, I could eat it like ice yeah. cream.
8: Well that's exactly how you do eat it. Just just grab oh. grab the tub, grab a spoon and um, and, and away you go. Oh. Or or if you're feeling a little bit more uh, c- color minded, just put a doll up on the baking tray and you can still actually make beautiful oh, freshly can baked you? cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never yeah. gets that far. Yeah. No not, not <laughs> in my house never, either.
2: Never lasts that long at all. So it is open, um, as you said, is it a simple case of going to the website, uploading your details and getting that first pitch on there?
8: Yeah, that's exactly it. So go straight onto the website, really uh, easy. You'll see a, a link, uh, a, a landing page straight there takes you through. Um, a really simple form to fill in. Um, We need a PowerPoint presentation with, uh, well, it doesn't need to be a PowerPoint, but we need some sort of pitch that we Mm -hmm. can find out a little bit more about the product. What is going to sell it? What is going to make me and the rest of the team get really excited and say, you're the person we're going to be calling to to come and join us in the boardroom?
2: What I love the idea of is, and we've seen this in restaurants, is Dubai brands moving out of Dubai rather than us bringing in brands and companies that are known for elsewhere in the world. And Dubai becoming that hub for food, whether that is restaurants or whether it is brands, that we know it is. We know it's got that potential to be. So, brilliant. Tom I'm glad you're here this afternoon because I need to pick your brains on something it's Father's Day next week what on earth (laughs) should I cook bear in mind skills are minimal it might be a risotto given what I'm learning this afternoon but if we're going to go and treat the men in our lives to some fantastic dishes some ingredients what should we be buying from Speed and what would, you, what would you like to be treated to come Monday?
8: Well, uh, I'd, be, I'd be boring if I said steak again after we've already talked about that. Nah. So, um, look, I mean, the, the great thing is we've got so many incredible options. There are some really fantastic products that are um, going to be arriving soon. Are but you for teased? next week, for next week, um, I'd, do you know what? I'd be sticking with some of the amazing locally farmed organic salmon. It's, Ooh, down, really? down farmed, it's farmed down in Jebel Alley. Um, it's, the, it's the freshest fish you're going to find on the shelves of any store anywhere in the UAE. Um,
2: I love the sound of this because you know, we know how good quality is when we think about Scottish salmon, Norwegian. But to have something that, as you say, is organic and farmed, literally 15 down minutes down the road... Yeah. What about the Dibba Bay oysters as well, if it's going to be a romantic evening?
8: Yeah, They, I mean, Remy, with the Dibba Bay, that, that has just been another amazing success story for the UAE in terms of beautiful food production. And, and actually, we're, we're really lucky with, uh, with, with Dibba Bay. The, the benefit about growing oysters here, over up, 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 up in Fajera, is the water's slightly warmer. So the oysters get bigger and plumper, they're just happy, and they're just—they're just—they're they're happy oysters. <laughs> they are—they're amazing.
2: And would you—I mean, I'm not very experienced with this kind of thing. Could your experienced fishmongers would they be happy to shuck them? And then when it comes to preparing the salmon, to fillet and skin and all that good stuff?
8: They can do literally anything you want. If you want to take a whole fish home, absolutely fine. If you want it filleted, skinned. Pin boned, whatever you, whatever you need, our fish mangoes are there and able to do absolutely everything. Clean shrimps, butterfly shrimps, they'll do anything you want.
2: Okay, good to know. Um, so many of you getting in touch, actually, funny enough, you're mentioning salmon there. Um, a message from someone called Tuna saying, I'd spend that 500 euros on fresh salmon and lobster. The quality is unbeatable. And it's true, it really is. And the team you have there are just. The loveliest. I, I really enjoyed, I know you've done in store and on your social media, some lovely photos and profiles of some of your staff. That must be really meaningful to them as well. It,
8: it's really meaningful. I mean, it's it's, our, it's it's been his 60th anniversary this year, so we Incredible. really wanted to talk about the stories about the, the team that makes the, makes the magic happen every day. And, and it's a real privilege and an honour to work with such a team of passionate foodies and people who are just... In the stores, so so caring about our customers. All they want to do is make sure they give the best service. The team that back at the office working with me, um, you know, every day is about trying to come up with amazing new ideas for new, super delicious products.
2: And also hearing the stories about, you know, guys who might have joined 15 years ago and now the store manager. To see that progression, I think is is wonderful. So don't forget, you can head over to Spinney's Instagram to see some of those stories. 60 years is being celebrated in the current magazine as well. Up next. I get to, get to have a bit of a treat. Tom, what we're going to be trying?
8: So we've got a few things. We, we've we got a lot of newness arriving um, at the end of this month, so we've got some delicious cheeses to yes. try. We'll talk about some of the uh, other things that will be hitting the shelves very soon. We, uh, we might have another little glass of that. Gordon's.
0: We're going to have a tipple. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's.
1: Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai.
0: Only on Dubai
2: Eye 103.8. Helen Farmer here, couldn't be happier. I've got a microphone in one hand and a spoon in the other because it's going to be tasting time very, very soon. Chef Andrea joining us from Alici. He has been uh, training up a whole band of chefs today making this Grand pandano um, risotto, fried crispy artichoke. Got a bit of a sweat on, sir. How's it going?
3: Um... Uh. I can say that everything was uh, was good. Now I'm uh, supporting the guys while they're cooking their own risotto after they've seen my my way. Uh, everything is going super well, I would say, and I can see their face. They're very excited to be in part of uh, this amazing initiative, by the way. And yeah,
2: they're, they're learning, and they're going to have a nice early dinner, little little five o'clock <laughs> snapshot. I'll let you get back and make sure everyone's uh, behaving themselves. Tom Thank Harvey's you. joining us this afternoon. He is here. Uh, general manager commercial at Spinneys, and he hasn't come empty-handed tom cheese time you might be my favorite person i mean in general but especially right now <laughs> you have got some new ranges um coming into store across all sorts of different uh, different products Cheese is a big one, so you've brought three cheeses here. Now you've got to bear in mind you're going to have to talk while I eat. Okay? That's fine. So yep. what, what are yep. we going to have first?
8: So we'll start with the new. Uh, really excited about this. We've finally got in spinach food brand a proper. PDO authentic Greek feta, made by the Roussas family on in in, in mainland Greece. It's a really, really lovely cheese. They've been farming with the same sheep and goats for uh, about fifty years, and it's just it's just got that really lovely salty, soft, it's crumbly. crumbly. Mm. I mean, you just you just want to go make a full-on Greek salad right now, don't you?
2: um, No, lettuce is a (laughs) massive waste of time. Pass me a fork. That is absolutely lovely. So. When it comes to working with suppliers, farmers, I mean, I know back in the day, BC, before COVID, you'd be going over there and having a look at the space and developing that relationship in person. You're doing a lot of Zooms and Teams meetings now? We're doing,
8: we're doing a lot more of that than we used to. And we, uh, we, we actually, we are now getting some of the team back out on the roads, um, travelling around the world to the parts that we can go to so that we can make sure that we're back to checking that all of the sourcing is being done to the standards that we we expect so um it's not as it's not as busy as it used to be um on the on the travel front but um it's getting better
2: as long as the food's coming here i don't i'm not really bothered to be honest now do you, does my nose deceive me, or is that a bit of a truffle I can
8: smell? I, I think truffle mania seems <laughs> to have hit the UAE. <laughs> whenever, whenever we bring a new product that's got truffle in it, um, everybody just seems to go mad. We can't keep up with the demand. So we've got, okay. two, we've got two here. Two the one truffles? There's two different truffle cheeses. Now, okay. the one you're just going into is uh, called Moliterno al Oh, my goodness. It's, oh it's my sardinian. Goodness. So this, this is basically a pecorino, but after after two months of maturing, they inject Italian... Black truffle mm. in, so you get these lovely, rich, truffly it's, veins it's coming like, through. I
2: was about to say, it's like marbled with truffle. Yeah,
8: it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: Pecorino, by the way, one of my favorite cheeses.
8: I mean, it's, it's just got, the, you know, again, a little bit of salt, but it's almost fudgy in terms of the <laughs> oh, and, and that, that truffle. Is this in it's, store now? This is in store now. So, this is our cheese of the month for, 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 for June. Don't blame um, we me. absolutely love this. And then the other cheese we've got here is another one with truffle. This is launching this month. And uh, opportunity for everybody to learn how to be an absolute cheese expert very Go quickly on. we call lots of people call it gouda yeah. they call it gouda what it's is it? the dutch cheese if you're saying it properly Houda. Houda. it's it's it says it's a silent g at the front <laughs> so if you, you want to if you want to really look like you know what you're talking about with cheese every day's a school day a Truffle. truffle how,
2: okay i'm going in Mm not as strong on the not travel. as strong
8: so a little bit, a little bit milder a, a slightly more creamy almost waxy texture to it but um, it's, it's, it's just another really interesting one that is one to, yeah, It's you can get through a lot of that can't oh my
2: you? goodness this uh, is now a bad time to tell you that I don't eat dairy
8: <laughs> absolute lies
2: love dairy <laughs> thank you and uh, you've brought a few drinks as well
8: yeah, we've we've uh, we've been having a lot of success with what we call the the no zone. So lots of the, the lots, 0%. The 0%. Lots of things that uh, normally would be um, have have something something else in them we we'll talk about.
7: Well, I'm trying hops to cu- I'm trying grapes, to f- yeah, I'm,
8: I
2: am trying to cut back, you know, gen- yeah. genuinely and I think for a long time the industry hasn't really been keeping pace with with what people want and you know my husband gave up drinking about a year and a half, and was just getting so sick of going out and just having orange juice and diet coke all the time. And now we're seeing basically grown-up drinks that taste that taste grown-up, and you don't feel like you know a child at a kids' party when you order one. And now now available at home as well. So Gordon's of all people, four so, out of zero percent. So Gordon's,
8: the pe- the people behind that very famous juniper beverage. Yeah, um, yeah we've now got um, Gordon's naught percent. It's not in store quite yet. But it I'm left. A it left. It left on the boat this week. I made a quick call just to check before to the uh, to the drinks bar. She said, <laughs> "It's coming." So just bear with us. But um, it's you know there's there's already a lot of other different um, juniper grain.
2: It's basically like, like distilled beverages. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. whatever kind of your normal go to would be, there is a zero percent version there's, of there's it. There's
8: a zero percent, and and the great thing is, you know, none of these are are sort of really sweet and sickly. So, mm-hmm. like lo- you know, like those. Well-known soft drinks that uh, that we were talking about earlier that everybody's a little bit sick and tired of. Yeah, th- this this just gives you so many more interesting flavours.
2: And also, in terms of, you know, you mentioned the different tonics as well. So, an opportunity to mix it up. The one I've got here is rhubarb and
8: ginger. You've got, you've got rhubarb and ginger. So, we've got a new brand called 12 Below coming in, which is uh, another really premium artisan tonic water brand. Um, so, yeah, you've got the rhubarb and ginger. I've got pear and cardamom at the moment. Oh, and, and fancy. I, and, I, and I think I might have chosen better than you.
2: Oh, right. Well, thank <laughs> i'm going to finish this and have another one tom Harvey, thank you so much
1: this is farmer's kitchen with spinnies live at the international center for culinary arts icca dubai
0: only on dubai i 103.8 great to have you with us
2: on farmer's kitchen brought to you by Spinneys. we are out and about and eating there's some pretty significant cheeses going on around here thanks the guys at spinnies and the risotto is almost ready Chef Andrea of Alici, you have been the man of the moment, teaching our, our comrades how to, how to cook this risotto. Here's my question to you. When do you know when the rice is ready?
3: Okay, so uh, usually it's based on uh, how do you toast the rice. It's gonna take like maybe 15 to maximum 20 minutes. It might depend as well uh, if the broth that you're using to fill up the risotto is hot or is mm. cold. Okay. Of course, it's, if it's hot, uh, you might take maybe less time. Okay. Um, but yeah, to see if the rice is ready, you can literally taste it, um, if it's al dente, it's a very common, I believe, that you know what it means. Even so even
2: me as an English woman knows what al dente amazing. means. Uh, amazing.
3: <laughs> for us it's very important. <laughs> and yeah, if it's al dente, so it means that if it got stuck in your teeth, uh, it's ready. So, and if the creaminess of uh, the starch that comes out from the risotto is enough, Mm -hmm. you can then after um, uh, emulsify it with the butter and, of course, grana padano.
2: I wanted to ask you something, and I mentioned it earlier, and you looked at me as if I was completely lost my mind. In some cookbooks, um, some experts, even some TV shows, the trick for knowing when your spaghetti is cooked is you throw it at the wall. Have you never heard this before?
3: Uh, I've never heard because maybe I was uh, <laughs> focusing on the recipe enough uh, to <laughs> that I was curious to try it instead of throwing on the wall. The, so the, <laughs>
2: the, um, the idea behind it... So, uh, by the way, for this is my little Italian yeah. lesson. Al dente means to the tooth, right? To the tooth, yeah. 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 Um, so, with spaghetti, if it gets sticky on the outside, it still has little, a little under the inside. So, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you might if you want to take this to a lychee, you can be it can be called the Helen Farmer
1: technique okay perfect thank okay. you chef
0: you're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys
1: only on Dubai Eye 103.8
0: we are talking food this afternoon
2: delighted to be joined it's by Tiffany Estlick the creative and content manager at Spinneys women responsible when it comes to that beautiful magazine that you see on your shelves and I have to say, the recipes in the magazine are just gorgeous because we know know what products are available, but sometimes it can feel like a bit of a disconnect between seeing them and knowing what to do with them. Um, So we're going to be looking at some of the current ones. Now, one that really caught my eye, (laughs) I dream of breakfast in bed, but with two kids and two dogs. It's just not going to happen. So let's let's just park my real life. You've done a beautiful feature on breakfast trays. Tell us about some of the dishes.
5: Yeah, so we were um, looking and inspired by Emirati breakfast traditions um, for that feature. And also, I don't know if you've been to Arabian Tea House. Um, gorgeous. Like I, that was one of the first things I did when I moved to the country. And I love the way they present breakfast on a tray. So we, we kind of merged those ideas together. And um, so we've got a variety of things. We had... so. A couple that really stood out for me um, that I wanted to put into the magazine. Um, there's a it's called balalit, and so it's kind of like an omelette or scrambled egg, and it's served with vermicelli noodles. And yes, I've had it at yeah. the Sheikh Mohammed Centre for Cultural Understanding when they do that beautiful breakfast.
2: Yeah, and it was it got a bit embarrassing because I just kept on shuffling over with my spoon and just <coughs> putting a little bit more on my plate. It was so delicious so it is and c- it's c- quite so easy
5: to make at home super easy and really? I mean surprisingly delicious. you're right it's you know because you think it's quite strange elements to put together was oh, good but there's a bit um, of spice in there as well yeah. a bit of heat so you sort of you're toasting those vermicelli noodles yeah. and you can put whatever you want like a spiced butter or some sort of you know glaze on them and what we did was just put it with an omelette into a croissant um mm-hmm. you know it's very
2: fusion <laughs> cuisine <laughs> of you I'm not sure how many <laughs> french emirati dishes there are out there until until you came along
5: um and it looked really cool you, know, you can easily pick it up um and then you can you could do it with a cheese croissant or zatar one um, or just normal Um, and then we also played around with um, cabisse so that is often eaten as a dessert Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a toasted flour or semolina but again you sort of you toast over the stovetop and then you can flavor that with butter and saffron and that kind of thing Um, and we served it with yogurt and rose petals but again you can you can mix it up you know you could put it with a bit of creme fraiche Um, Yeah. So this is in in the current magazine. You've also
2: done um, a bit of a feature on Emirati breads, this kind Mm. of what you call Play Doh, which I liked what you did there. (laughs) Um, And again, bringing in some beautiful flavors. What were some of the key ingredients or? even spices that you think are, are well worth having in our pantry when it comes to creating some of these
5: so um, well an Emirati spice is bizarre spice I, don't, I hope I'm saying that correctly um, and it's a mix of like seven different spices I think you can have more as well um, and so for that I would say We've got a recipe for that in the magazine. Have a play with that because you can use it on breads and um, and fish. We put it over mm. a pasta dish. Um, and then, yeah, just with the breads, they're super simple. So it's, um, like, for example, kameer bread. You know, it is a leaven bread, so you are going to use yeast. Um, you cook it in a traditionally in a tonneur, but you I can... I don't <laughs> have one of those. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you can put it in your oven. Good. Um, but super, super easy. It's a really simple ingredient. Same with the regag. We, we created crackers, but ragag bread is like a thin soup, almost like a crepe. Mm. but um, sort of like a you know, okay. crispy and um, we just we've made that and then put it in we'll put seeds on it and baked it in the oven and then you've got crackers. So yeah.
2: Super clever mm. really really lovely. I know you're busy working on the new issue. Can you give us a little sneak peek of what's going to be in those pages?
5: Yeah sure. So we've got a huge section on kind of like Kitchen stool travel is what I'm calling it. I love t- it. Yeah. Um, So, you know, for those of us who maybe are a bit afraid of travelling over the summer, we can't get away, uh, we've, we're sort of looking at the Mediterranean. Um, so classics from there. So if you're missing your vongole or your, yes. you know, ratatouille, um, then we're looking into the Far East. So we've got a number of sort of cooling Asian noodle salads, sandwiches, um, and then lots of things for kids to do as well. So it's going be be to be a
2: long <laughs> old summer, Tiffany. I'm not going to lie. Yes. So, and thing that's going to keep them occupied but I love the idea of traveling from your kitchen because we know what an amazing role food does play when it comes to having holidays and some of our best memories from traveling are you know whether it's street food or meeting someone or being with your family around a table having that shared memory and experience and it's the smell it's the taste that can just take you straight back there yeah for your summer I know South Africa's not on the cards right now is there a dish from home that just takes you straight back to what your mum makes
5: Oh, goodness. It's a kind of strange dish actually. So and she also wonders why I love it, but she makes a, a tuna roulade which is sort of spinach and tuna wrapped almost like a Swiss roll I mean this is sounding really strange but <laughs> <A little. laughs> it's, it's, I really really have always loved that and so I always ask her to make that Aww, but yeah. that's what I miss mum going now what would you like on your first night back yeah. Me going mum
2: special pasta it's very average but it's made with love That's a thing. <laughs> so that is going to be out very very soon Tiffany thank you so much for joining us sure. I think it's going to be tasting time and we have got some delicious dishes being made this afternoon I can see people digging in I really hope they've left some for me we'll be finding out next
1: this is farmer's kitchen with Spinneys live at the international center for culinary arts icca dubai
0: only on dubai i 103.8 it is thursday getting you in the
2: mood for the weekend and we sadly have run out of time it has been an absolute pleasure to spend the last few hours here at icca um and guess what it's tasting time. Chef Andrea from Alici has been teaching some very lucky competition winners how to make this amazing Grana Padana risotto with some from fried crispy artichoke on top. Right, chef. I am going to go in. Are you happy with it?
3: I'm very happy.
2: How did the How did the guys get on with it? How did you have some willing students? Uh,
3: from their face and from their mm. plate, <laughs> I believe that everyone is very happy and satisfied from the work. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Time, yeah.
2: chef, that is so delicious. Thank you. What, it works so well. You mentioned before the textures. You know, julienne chopping the artichoke and, and frying it. And then just the creaminess, it mm-hmm. uh, is so so flavorful, but it's not, it's not overly cheesy. Does that make sense? You can still taste the choke coming through. Is this on the menu? Uh, not yet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you wh- wh- how, how does it work with getting a dish on the menu, Alici, When you know you obviously have limited time, really. You know you're in the kitchens catering to people who are coming into the restaurant. When do you get time to actually develop some recipes?
3: Um. Developing the recipe, I believe, is not the difficult part. Um, anyway, uh, before to put something on the menu, everyone should try it from uh, the manager's side. Oh, really? Uh, that must be a bit scary,
2: being like, do you like this, and uh, waiting for their reaction.
3: Well, it's not scary. Anyway, it's our work, so and we are doing for let the guests uh, get satisfied after. So, yeah.
2: I'm sorry, can you talk a bit longer? I'm still <laughs> eating my risotto. <laughs>
3: Please enjoy. the no, no, appetito. It's
2: been, it's been a real pleasure. Can I ask you, if someone's going to come to a over the weekend, is there a dish that you feel summarizes your foodie philosophy, that it feels like you on a plate? If someone eats it, they understand what you are about.
3: Um... Well, uh, we are trying to actually to interpret ourselves mm. in what is the real concept of the restaurant because the restaurant is inspired by the south coast of Italy and, um, yeah, mainly, like, whatever you get from the restaurant, it could be a very nice experience. Is it an experience? Mm. So Make us hungry.
2: What's your w- if, if we go this weekend, is there something that you feel like you haven't been there if you haven't eaten... What one dish do you think sums up the restaurant?
3: Uh, I think, yeah, if you're not going to eat, uh, I mean, not all the menu, but for sure if you're not going to try all, maybe in a different times, you're going to miss something <laughs> very... So yeah, you're saying, I need to go there must. every week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at least uh, after you discover all the menu, at least you get uh, your personal sati- satisfaction.
2: Well, honestly, <laughs> chef, you've been so generous with your time and your expertise. Thank you, thank you. Guys. We heard from chef Sergio from ICCA saying earlier that he'd... He'd learned so much from his mentors over the years. And now it's a real privilege for him to be in a teaching position to share that knowledge because they've been so open with what they've learned. And you've spoken before about your mentor, Fabio, and for you to be here today and sharing with, I mean, you can just see the happy faces. People just having spoonfuls of risotto, starting the weekend full of some very happy, cheesy carbohydrates. And I know Thursdays are really busy in the restaurant. Are you working tonight?
3: Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm going now. Okay, right. <laughs> Someone,
2: coffee for chef. Thank you. Honestly, it's been it's Thank been a you. pleasure. Thank you, guys. And it's been a pleasure to be here at ICCA. Um, we've had a number of questions about full-time courses, part-time courses. All the information is on the website, whether you are an amateur or you are looking to actually turn this into a career. It's an incredible facility. It really, really is. Um, they're in, in Knowledge City. So please, please, please... If you are thinking about exploring as an amateur or as a complete change of lifestyle, um, get in touch with the guides